Peace, love, knowledge, and freedom. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Justine Podcast, specifically impromptu pop-ups. Today, as you've seen from the title, I want to talk about violence and vagina. And I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not coming in a perspective of rape. I'm not coming in a perspective of abusive relationships, no trauma, sexual assault. Like, like that's a dead horse on this podcast episode. It's like, you know, well, not really a dead horse. I don't think I talk about it as often, but it's something that I frequently spoke on already. You know what I mean? But today I'm going down a different vein of this could this could low-key be a so frail conversations, but it's an impromptu because season eight ain't coming back. If I get an idea for another impromptu, I'm just gonna bring season eight back. I'm I tried to wait, but fuck it, two deers in a bucket. But I'm calling this vagina and violence because you know, I was scrolling to social media and shit. Like I'm I'm at the point of social media where it's just like, let me post and go and, you know what I mean, brand my businesses and shit, put my tweets up, and that's about it. Like, I don't even want to interact with motherfuckers anymore because niggas stupid. But as I watch this whole, because I hate this whole masculinity thing that's going on, like, it, it, it annoys me simply because of how I understand masculinity versus how everybody else presents it. It's like... Everybody, what do you think about Matt? Like, y'all, I'm so far beyond that shit. It don't matter to me no more. Like, you feel me? I don't like hearing about it no more because I hate hearing bullshit. Like, if you would have caught me, like, so frail one, you feel me? Where it's like, oh, you know, I'm getting like, like that would have been more interested. But it's like, yo, I'm leagues beyond these motherfuckers now. Like, I don't, I don't engage on minuscule shit. Like, you know, I just don't engage on minuscule shit. So, when I look at the dynamic, when we talk about masculinity, it's always masculinity. This it always comes back to two things, violence and vagina. Violence and vagina in some way, shape, or form. You know, and we'll see what I'm saying. Like, it's two Vs. And as I break down the violence and I break down the, the, vagina, <laughs> the vagina perspective, you'll see exactly what I mean. And this came to me because it was like, I was just thinking. Like, I was thinking about all the numbers I used to get back in the day. Like, I even made a post about it. You know, it's like, I used to get so many numbers and it's like, for what? I really used to sit and ask myself, like, 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 what was it? You feel me? So it was always on some shit like, you know, I meet the chick, get her number, then bam, that's it. You know, of course I'm a fuck, but you feel me? It made me realize that when it comes to what we define our essence in masculinity, it comes to two. It's, it's violence and vagina is going to be a play on that. You got to have hands or you got to have hoes from so far one. But now I'm going to, you know, pretty much tie it in a little bit deeper because it's like it's different now. It's different because every dude their two perspectives is like I'm listening to these new podcast spaces right all these niggas keep talking about it the same basic shit you feel me you have one side who just want the vagina and it's like women love us we need, we need y'all like you know see me uh you, you we're good men we're alphas we're high value begging for the vagina and then on the other side you have the violent men and I don't I'm not just you know coming under perspective of domestic violence, but when I say violence, it's a mentality. And mentality of violence 
leads to destruction. You feel what I'm saying? And you don't necessarily have to physically beat something to destroy it. You feel what I'm saying? So when we look at that perspective, you have that side of guys, the, you know, the womanizers, the misogynoirs, the chauvinists and all that shit. But it's like, that's all we are as men. You literally can divide us up between violence and vagina and what type of man you're dealing with. I really sit with that. <laughs> and as a motherfucker who's like in a multiplicity of different things that can't be boxed into one of those two things, it's like, damn, where I fit? Where I fit? I'm not trying to fit in. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to fit in with those. But in asking where do I fit, it's like it led me to flip and like ask, bro, why is that all there is? You feel me? And I feel that that's all there is because I got to take a quick break. But when we come right back, we're going to dive heavy into it. So be sure to follow me on Instagram at underscore just underscore seen underscore. Be sure to check out my website at IamJustSeen.com to get all things that are just seen. To all those who tip, donate, and sponsor to the podcast, you are greatly appreciated. To all those who would like to tip, donate, and sponsor to the podcast, you can do so by clicking the link in the description of your podcast. Not this episode, but the podcast itself. Cash App and PayPal are just fine. And as always, that's that for this and that's this for that. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to dive into impromptu pop-ups 28 or 26, 25. I don't know. Impromptu pop-ups 20-something, violence and vagina. And don't forget to visit IamJustSeen.com. There, you can get all things Just Seen. You want to add the So For Real series to your library? Visit IamJustSeen.com. You want to learn how to master the markets for serious trading and investing? Visit IamJustSeen.com. You want to get your hands on some exclusive merch like tees, hoodies, coffee mugs, hats, bags? Visit IamJustSeen.com. Are you thinking about transitioning into the plant-based lifestyle? Visit IamJustSeen.com. You ever want to just chat with Seen about anything from simple advice to mentorship? Visit IamJustSeen.com. Anything and everything that is me, you can find at IamJustSeen.com. So take a quick peek into my world to see why being just seen is nothing less but always more. Because you never really know what you need until you see it. And you will never see it unless you visit IamJustSeen.com. All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. And without further ado, we're going to hop straight into this motherfucker, right? So when we look at what we're boxed into as men, you know, especially black men, literally black men, that's what I'm really talking about. I guess that's why it hits so much home, Homer. It hits so much closer to home because I'm a black man. You feel me? But I've succumbed to both of these aspects and shit. I've been the motherfucker who has, you know, predicated himself on violence. You know, I've been the motherfucker who's predicated himself on vagina. As somebody who's now mastered two different realities to pull those away, I realize there's not much to fit in as a man. The thinkers, no, there's, there's no pull for the thinkers popularly. There's no pull for anything else. So when we're looking at how masculinity is defined, I'm not talking about habits. I'm not talking about um, your daily choices. I'm not talking about your, your whatever lifestyle it is that you fucking with, right? What I'm speaking on is about how we look at masculinity. First off, we don't define masculinity. You feel me? Check out So Frail. Shout out to So Frail for the definition. You feel me? Spiritual, mental, and physical embodiment of the essence of analysis and deconstruction, right? 
So when we view masculinity, everybody views it now as like a motherfucking attribute. You feel me? It's not masculinity is not even a real essence anymore. And that's what it it upsets me because it's like as I watch all of these guys be in these spaces where they're like, we need to, you know, I'm an alpha man. I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, you feel me? The alpha man is the motherfucker who's trying to have that small balance between violence and vagina. I'm a ladies man. I'm tough. I got muscles. Man, I'll beat you the fuck up. Sit your stupid ass down. You feel me? And if I was that type of motherfucker, I'd take your woman from you, alpha. But that's the culture. The way my response is, is like, oh, you think this is what you are. I'll show you you're not. You feel me? Will I take a man's girlfriend? Not in these days. Will I just beat a motherfucker up for nothing? No, not in these days. But that should not be all that's defined in where we are. And the fact that those responses are there is, you know, largely predicated in what this reality is. You feel me? Think about like everything that's masculine based is like based off of either violence or vagina. You feel me? If a motherfucker is giddy and he's smiling, he's feeling good, he's like, he'll say, but I'll punch in your mouth though. Violence. Or if a motherfucker is joking on him, rose and he's like, but I'll take your girl though, or I still get bitches though. Vagina. <laughs> Our entire essence is predicated off of these two things. Violence or vagina. It's like nobody said you wouldn't punch a motherfucker in the mouth just because you smile. You feel me? Nobody said you don't get bitches because you goofy. Like nobody said these things, but we internalize them. And we let these be the only templates of what our essence is. That's why I always tell motherfuckers like niggas is either going to follow. They're going to follow everything women say. That's period. That's not even a, a question where we, we, we dictate our realities on what women want. Contrary to what motherfuckers think, we're going to do what a woman wants. You feel me? That's why we lie. You feel me? I was just making a, a post today about that. Like, um, how the pressure, the pressure of men to get a phone number. Women don't understand that. I don't think women can ever, will ever get that because you don't have to. You feel me? Women don't have to get that because you guys don't have to get the numbers. Literally, as men, men, I feel like personally all men could be good salesmen. You feel me? But you have a three-minute window to catch this woman's attention, get her to stop, say everything right, and then get her phone number. For what? Like, we don't build over. It's so instant. Like, we don't necessarily build over the time. So what happens? Our conversation is not a genuine conversation. It's a conversation rooted in charm and seduction. You feel me? It gets rooted in charm and seduction. And we get so crafty with charm and seduction that, you know, that's what it leads to. But that pressure to even have to feel like you got to do that, in my opinion, it derives from these two realities of violence and vagina. You feel me? Violence and vagina. And again, I don't want it to come off as the violent, violent side as far as abusive side, but I'm going to show how it ties in because like I said, as men, the only feelings we're able to feel, you know, you know, conventionally are anger, rage, and aggression. That's what society wants us to, that's a man. Like everybody, like the alpha man and all of that shit that they keep talking about that they want, it's just a violent motherfucker. 
You feel me? But the thing about violence is you got to be disciplined to be violent. Niggas ain't even disciplined enough to be to be as violent as they are. But at last, they violent. You feel me? That's so for real. Definition. That's the difference between a barbarian and a warrior. You feel me? So when it comes to us chasing this reality, it's like that's how we approach everything. So when it comes to us and how we're viewing our women. I ain't gonna, I'm going to get to the women later. How we viewing ourselves? Like, what makes you a man? You know what I'm saying? And I looked at this like, if you watch it, it seeds a program when you're young. You feel me? Oh, flex your muscles. Let me see your muscles. Let me see how big you are. You get your action figures. Women do all this bullshit about body shaming and shit. And it's not bullshit. I'm just saying it's bullshit for dramatic effect. But women do this bullshit about body shaming as if men don't have to be, we don't, we're not body shamed as well. You feel me? We don't have the luxury of not being able to be body shamed. <laughs> you feel me? It's on some shit like women will literally tell you, oh, you can gain muscles. But I can say, if I say, oh, yo, you can lose weight. Now, let me say this, right? This is not a me saying, you know, me feeling the type of way because somebody said I need to gain some muscles. Now, nah, I'm speaking in the context of, of where we are. Like, I'm not tripping on that. I haven't, I haven't heard that. But um, <laughs> that's a different story. But I'm saying that in the context of, how when it comes to men is like we're supposed to be the pinnacle of power you feel me because we're you know protectors and providers so it's like defaulted you feel me i seen fat niggas beat niggas up you feel me i seen skinny niggas beat niggas up so that's not really what the the gist of it is but in our minds that's what we perceive so much so that we do it as kids like we value the person who's like you know big like like i used to hear it all the time in high school you know Motherfuckers be in the weight room and shit. Yeah, man, what you benching now? Mm. You feel me? That's all they conversations were about. How strong you are. But it's like predicated about, you know, how manly you are. And manly ain't got shit to do with masculine energy. But that's what we put on this on display. So it's like everything we do that's defined for masculinity is, for, is designed for, you know, our connection with women. Hands down. So... We either present ourselves as the violent person. Now, granted, by violent, I also do mean a because you can't be no protector if you're not violent. I'm sorry. Um, hear me well, my sisters, because this isn't prompted, so I know y'all listening to. Y'all got to stop wanting protection from motherfuckers that don't understand violence. Y'all be wanting to be protected by scary men, and y'all think just because he's a man, he's not supposed to be scared. That's absurd. That's stupid as fuck. That's stupid as fuck. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Like, to believe that a man doesn't get scared or a man shouldn't be scared of other men or anything like that. Like, that's like the type of man you want. You feel me? Is not the, the type of man that you want oftentimes isn't the type of man that you can handle. And I know this because the type of man that you are handling right now is who you want to protect you. But if you needed the man to protect you the right way, you couldn't deal with him. Because you're not prepared to handle them, right? So while women are like, yo, men are all supposed to be protectors and providers. Now, this goes into why motherfuckers need guns. I hear the bullshit about, yeah, back in my day, we used to put on the gloves and all that shit. And somebody would still get beat the fuck up. Somebody still didn't want to fight. Somebody was still afraid of the motherfucking bully they were going up against. Nobody wants to address that part. You feel me? What was it? I think Jay and Joel, I think Joel Santana sampled the line and Jay said it first 
Um, he was like, I'm from the city where the skinny niggas die. No, the skinny niggas ride. I think 45 on the side or some shit like that. At some point, it's like the big niggas want to terrorize shit. This ain't Craig and Debo. You feel me? Mind you, Debo was fucking with Craig. He was fucking with Smokey. He was fucking with uh, Felicia. You feel what I'm saying? But the big ass nigga, I think it was Michael Clark Duncan who played that scene. Rest, rest in peace. Um, he ain't Debo ain't like Craig. He don't be trying to pull that food, that stuff with them fools around the corner because they they Debo size. They Debo size. But again, this ties in because this is how we mark our masculinity. This is one way that we mark our masculinity through violence and terror. Oh, that's a big motherfucker. It's like, I can't match that. Women are not looking at that from men. Again, this is not a point of me speaking from myself. I was a fighter, bro. Like, I didn't give a fuck size and all. I didn't give a fuck how big or small you was. I got it. They say motherfuckers got a Napoleon complex when they're short. I believe you can also have a skinny man's complex. I had a skinny man's complex all my life. I couldn't run. I had a skinny man's complex raised without my father. And my brother told me I couldn't run from a fight. The fuck? I got to fight harder or something. I can't be afraid of this shit. But again, everybody ain't built like that. You feel me? Like, it doesn't just suddenly go away because you become a quote-unquote man. You legal age and shit. Like, you feel me? I've seen niggas run from niggas. Like, when I was a kid, it's like, and you, we, we, oh, he ran. It's like, nah, bro. Like, I seen a motherfucker, and this it changed my perspective because you know when you young, you supposedly hood, and you all of this other shit. You like, yeah, then he goes a bitch, man. He ran from us. Really, nigga? He ran from y'all. Who's the bitch in that situation? I ain't gonna call this man a bitch because he ran from y'all. Y'all weren't gonna shoot him the fair one. You feel me? And as a motherfucker who's been in the, in in the trenches with my niggas and shit, and who wouldn't let me shoot fair ones sometimes. I understand it. This is why I also understand how these men come off from the spectrum. It's like, yo, sometimes we can't be protecting providers because we scared too. I get it. I know they're scared. I know they're scared. And this is something women can't appreciate because they feel no man should be scared of another man. Oh, but you can. You can. There's a little motherfucker, a little motherfucker named Ray Ray who used to tear a shit. You know how, like that phrase, and they're like, yo, Ray Ray and them? That's some real shit. That's some real shit. Me and my niggas was Ray Ray and them. We was fucking shit up. We was fucking shit up. We was likely the motherfucker you was going to be running from. You feel me? For me, I had a different perspective with it, low key, because it'd be like, yo, you got to shoot him that fair one, bro. Now, if my niggas jumped in while I was fighting somebody, I can't stop them mid-fight. Like, yo, get out the fight. That shit got me punched in the mouth before because, you feel me, Um, I'm squaring up with this dude and my sister... My sister, I got your back. Don't have my back. I don't need it. You're a fucking girl. Get the fuck out of here. So I'm trying to push my sister back. And nigga stick me in the mouth. And shit. Oh, shit. Start bleeding and shit. It wasn't bleeding bad, but it's like it, it was bleeding. I'm mad. I'm like, yo, you got me punched in the fucking mouth. Yo, move. You feel me? But that's a different conversation. Anywho, <laughs> you feel me? Those moments are like, I'm saying that because I, if I was going to fight, it was going to be the fair one or whatnot. But I knew that sometimes if it got there me and my niggas we was going you know what i'm saying but then i realized why my niggas was like that as violent as my niggas were they were still scary we was all scared like we fought because we were scared i don't think people really get that part either that's why it's called a fight or flight response some people just don't have the luxury of fleeing and some people don't know the capacity to flee so they learn how to fight better you feel what i'm saying but some niggas can flee and get away <laughs> speaking of 
when I was like seven, six or seven, I used to uh, I used to have this homie. We ain't we wasn't we was on and off homies. One minute we was cool, one minute we wasn't. But this little motherfucker was so fucking fast. But it showed his intuition and his intuitive nature to be a protector, but first to be able to protect himself. Right. And I get it, motherfuckers don't run away from the fight because running is, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah. Let me tell you how smooth this nigga was, right? And he was crazy, like he was one of my partners after the, after we squashed the beef and shit. Because it was like, I used to always want to beat him up. Never knew why. Well, I knew why. It was because of this masculine energy shit. Like, you're either going to have hands or you're going to have holes. So me as a boy proving myself ugh, around my friends, I'm going to beat him up. I'm going to this, I'm going to that. And it's like, you feel me? And because of the age that I was, like, people would egg me on. Now, mind you, I'm like six, seven years old. You know what I'm saying? Me and this dude, we was in first grade together. This is something that I didn't know either, yo. And I feel bad now that I know as I'm older. But as a kid, I didn't know. The parents didn't tell this shit. So we don't know what's up. We just know that we kids playing. He was either on the spectrum or he was in the slow classes. Oh, well, no. He was on the spectrum or he was. there was something off. I can't really say what it was. But it's going to sound so fucked up. He was in my first grade class. Like when he moved into my neighborhood. It was like, oh, shit. And then he came into my first grade class. I don't know how it aligned this way. But when he got into my first grade class, like, I was like, not like mentor type shit. They, they wanted him to be around me for some reason. I don't know. They To this day, I still don't know. My mama wouldn't tell me. Nobody tell me. They said, look, they paired you with him for a reason. I was like, what was the reason? Nobody would tell me. And it was like, I helped. Like, I guess I gave him some kind of confidence or guidance. I don't know if it's because we lived down. You know, it could be because we lived down the street from each other and we knew. And he was new to the school, and I was pretty much that dude, even in elementary school. Everybody knew me. But it was, I guess that could have been what it was. But he did have mental deficit too. There's not a, I don't, there's not a doubt in my mind about that. Everybody knew it. Um, because like he would joke and we would pick on him and shit. We were so fucked up as kids, man. He, he had an impediment. And he couldn't say stupid. So when he would talk shit to him, he'd be like, doop it, doop it, doop it. That's what it was. That's why they brought him into the class and they had me with him because of, I was helping with his speech patterns. Now I get it. I was helping with his speech patterns because of the way in which I spoke. You know what I'm saying? It's, you articulate well. So they're like, yo, if he talks, like, I guess their logic was if he you two talk together, eventually he'll start talking like you. Or, nigga, I'll start talking like him. <laughs> but nah. <laughs> I'm playing. But the main story with that was that me and him were cool off and on. But it started off like he was new. It was on some bully type shit. And it was fucked up as a human because I'm like, bro, like, I don't need to be trying to assert this dominance. And that's where bullies come in because I'm trying to prove that I have masculine energy. Not realizing I don't even know what masculine energy is and what I'm asserting is manliness and it's toxic femininity. And we're going to get to the vagina part next. But this part is important, too, because this particular person, like I said, he ran from me. But he didn't run without a fight. And I'm going to tell you how slick this motherfucker was. And as I understand masculinity being mental, physical, and spiritual analysis and deconstruction, I ain't say the whole definition because I got a flow, but he analyzed and deconstructed the fuck out of this reality and he made it work every single fucking time. So you be about to talk, you be talking shit to him, he's squaring you up. He's squaring you up, he'll call you dupe it. And then what he'll do is this, he was so fucking fast, like this nigga was a fast ass runner, but he was slick with it. So how he did it, he knew that he may not be able to outrun you. But if he knew how to give himself a head start, he would get it. So what he'll do is 
while y'all face to face talking shit, he'll slap you. And when he slaps you, I mean, he slapped the shadow of you. I know because he slapped the shadow of me. But when he slapped you, he turned into the slap and ran. So it's like, you know how a track runner, they run with their hands fanned out. This nigga had it down to a science to where he'll size you up, slap you. From the slap, he'll turn and immediately start running, just pivot and run. So your head turned. He already got a mad head start on you. And your eyes is watering too because you're like six, seven years old. You low-key crying, but you don't want to cry because you a big boy and shit. That shit hurt. He slapped the fuck out of me. My whole face was red. He got me like that several times, and I couldn't catch his ass, yo. Because it's like by the time I turn back around and I can wipe my eyes from the tears and shit because they welling up, this nigga's pew. You feel me? But I'm saying that to add to the fact that everybody isn't violent by nature. No human, I don't think, is violent by nature. You have to get that way through the conditions that you are brought up in. But what I'm saying is also, too, women understand that some men are afraid of other men. I get it. You talk that shit. Oh, he shouldn't be old, but he should. He should because you don't know that. Like, you think men are equal. You know, all men are created equal. Let me say it like that. This is about to be a bar. <clears throat> All men are created equal, but not all men remain equal. Hear me well. I'm going to say it again. All men are created equal, but no men remain equal. And life separates you. Life determines whether you're equal or not. Same with women. Same with women. But I'm speaking on this perspective from the perspective of the violent side. Some people have to run. Some people have to fight because not everybody can do it. You feel me? Because there's levels to the terrors that you face. As they say, there's always somebody bigger and better than you. You feel me? That's not always the case. There may not be somebody bigger and better than you. You may be the biggest motherfucker, but there's somebody that can take you down in context to what it is. Case in point, in our collective culture, Amongst each other, we scream on each other. Like, I don't, me personally, I'm sorry, I can't. As a black man, this could very well come off prejudice as fuck. I don't care. But as a black man, I feel like no black man should be afraid of anybody white. Like, the fuck? But it's like, I watch how aggressive we can be towards each other and how passive we can be towards them. And I'm like, that motherfucker put in pop, bro. Like, how? How? You feel me? And that goes to show that it's different realities that play themselves out depending on where we are in conjunction to how we're addressing our masculinity. So when women look at a protect, like women low-key just want a motherfucker that can fight. They don't want a real protecting a provider because it requires other shit, but everybody can't fight. I literally watched this video, like this John is like, yo, dude is like, yo, bro, like, Sometimes we be scared of them violent motherfuckers too. Like when they say, you know, black men step in, like this is the violent side. Some men, because as kids, we believe this shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me, let me play this reality out for you. Some men, the men who used to pinch women, pinch girls that they like, love taps, pull their hair, they grow up to become abusive men because that is a form of masculinity that they feel is right. So if a woman rejects him that he really likes and he punches her in the face, I'm not condoning that shit in any way, shape, or form. I'm telling you what his programming already is. His preset default is. You feel me? So now, 
they're like, yo, a man that's going to fight a woman is not going to fight it. Like, hmm, that's relative. I can't really co-sign that sentiment anymore. I get people say that shit. Oh, he ain't going to fight a man, though, because he's only going to beat on a woman. Mm, I've seen it one time in my life. Sadly to say that it is it was my brother who did it. But that's the reason why I can understand that reality a different way. That's why I understand different traumas, too. But um, I seen my brother beat up one of his girlfriends one time. Now, I tried to help him. But my brother still fight niggas, too. You feel me? I try to help out and shit like but I'm still baby brother. I still like, I told y'all what he did when he was playing with me. You feel me? Well, I thought I could square up with him. He started throwing me around the house. He was really serious this time. I couldn't do shit with him. I tried, but <laughs> I couldn't do shit with him. You feel what I'm saying? But I'm saying that to say some men do equally fight men just like they fight women. But my brother, I don't, he, he wasn't an abusive man. I don't think. I'm like outside of that, I never seen him hit a woman before. I seen him and my sister wrestle when they were kids, but I've never seen him hit a woman the way he hit this hit this girl at this time. But the reason why it escalated that way is because now, mind you, I'm gonna put the backstory into it. I don't condone his behavior, but I understand while he was locked up, he knew that she was fucking somebody else. Like motherfuckers writing letters to him up there, and while he was in prison, he's like, "Yo, man," like, and I'm like being the baby brother and shit. And me and him, we're seven years apart. So me being, I can't handle your beef. I'm sorry. Like, and not only from the age perspective, and this goes into the like scared part and shit. I can't handle my brother's beef. That's again, that's what a lot of motherfucking women don't get. There's niggas that are scarier than you. And when you know how scary some shit can be, see, I don't fear the mainstream. I don't fear anything really, but I don't fear in this regard, the mainstream threat. Of the man that hood shit the real hood shit that i seen it scared me i didn't i couldn't fuck with it i survived it don't get me wrong but I, I was scared every moment of my life i had ptsd i still got ptsd i know because my brother has a higher level of ptsd than me but what i'm saying that point is for is my brother had beef for real so much so like we lived in the same neighborhood i'm down the street playing basketball one day and my brother calls me and says yo you can't be down there i got beef with them niggas I'm like, the fuck they got to do with me, nigga? I can handle mine? He said, nah, Ray, it's different. This ain't that kind of beef. I need you to come from down there. And I'm like, ah, nigga, whatever, bro. So I left. Next day, the beef was confirmed how I, the serious, the severity of the beef was confirmed. Um, Because my brother had called me that night because my sister had a car that she left to me because she moved and went to the Arizona when she went to military and shit. So... I was driving the car, so my brother texted me that night. He said, yo, leave the trunk open in the car. Or leave the car unlocked so I could pop the trunk. So I left the car unlocked. He popped the trunk or whatever. And so I'm getting ready to go to school the next day. And I'm about to leave. Like, I'm literally about to drive, and he's asleep. And I'm like, yo. He said, yo, let me know when you're about to leave. Yo, do not leave while, um, do not leave before you tell him, wake me up. I was like, all right, bro, whatever. So I'm about to leave. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm about to go. He said, oh, shit, oh, shit, all right. So you hop up, run, pop the trunk, and grab an AK-47 with a whole banana clip out of that bitch. I said, I really wasn't supposed to be down there. At the time, I didn't have a gun. You feel me? At the time, I just had my niggas. I was just a fighter. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that. But that's one of the aspects of our masculine essence that is wired to this world. People crave it. People desire it. Women love it. Low key. And you expect me as a man to protect you from a motherfucker like that? 
Again, I'm more susceptible and willing to protect in that regard. But I'm not mad at anybody who runs from it. That shit ain't normal what I grew up in. What me and my homies were subjected to and what we grew up in as kids, like that, that shit won't fucking normal. You feel me? I remember my brother was 19. He got into a fight with his 25-year-old dude. You feel me? Over... Over a white woman, bro. But whatever. Whatever. We all, I guess we all had our phases or whatever. At least he got four black, beautiful black babies right now and he's married to a black woman. So I guess, you know, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. But, you know, at the time, it's like, dude is like, mind you, me and my brother, it's like me, my brother, and my sister. We scrapping grown adults. Like grown ass adults. My brother, 19. That mean I'm 12, my sister 17, right? And this nigga like 25 and he intentionally fuck with us. We out there playing basketball and shit. And he stopped right in the middle of the court. And my brother is like, he's in that space of, I can't, it's fight or flight. And me and my brother, because we never had, we didn't, we wasn't raised with our father. We never learned how to flee. I didn't learn how to flee because I didn't see him flee. And I didn't learn this until I got older. He said, I never ran from shit because I knew you would run if you saw me run. I like the burden put on that boy, man. He a grown man, but I'm saying like the burden put on that boy at such a young age that he was so aware of shit. He said, I love my brother life, man. Despite the bullshit, everything like that, he set me up, right? He's like, there's shit that he wouldn't let me see because he said, if you see it, you'll copy it. And it wasn't just like drugs and stupid shit. Like he was smoking weed and everything like that. But it was, I can't even let you see me be a coward. As scared as I am right now, I can't let my baby brother see me do that shit. Right? So it never stopped. So he's 19, I'm 12 and shit. We playing basketball and dude just stopped. Like, the dude knew my brother was fucking his girl. <laughs> Violence in vagina. <laughs> this whole episode is perfect for this. But the dude knew my brother was fucking his girl. But he didn't care because, like, he lived, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. So. He parks right in front of them. Like, we got the basketball court side of the road type shit. So he parks right in front of the goal. And I'm like, yo, just be patient. My brother like, yo, move your fucking car. And I already knew what it was then. Dude talking about, what, what, who you talking to? See, I'm talking to you, motherfucker. Now, mind you, he ain't say just motherfucker. I'm talking to you, you fat motherfucker, because dude was big as shit. Like, let me see. I'm what, 6'2"? This nigga had to be a good 6'5". 300 something pounds at the time my brother 19 i say he's 511 maybe 61 511 6 feet and yeah i say 511 to 6 feet 165 pounds 170 tops maybe my brother didn't give a fuck though and that's the difference because it's like those are the things that you have to deal with as a man when you're accepting that protector role. And that's what a lot of people miss. And this one, I'm just, I'm alluding to that. So my brother's like, I got a decision to make because I know he's trying to punk me. He parked in front of this, in this court. Like he could have parked anywhere. He parked in front of the court for a reason because he knew I was going to say something. And if I didn't say something, I'm like, yeah, you little bitch. I bitched you and shit. Mind you, him and my brother seven years apart. He like 25, 26, so my brother 19. So... It's like, nigga, you don't get no brownie points for that. You a big bitch. Now, mind you, when he come down the street, now all of his old head homies, because I was 12, so they all old heads to me. So I'm 12. All his old head homies, I'm like, yo, me and my brother got to fight all these niggas, bro. 
And my sister was like, no, y'all, like, my sister's trying to pull my brother back because she don't want to fight. She don't want to, we knew we couldn't win. We knew we couldn't win, but my brother didn't give a fuck. He said, I cannot let my baby brother see me run from a fight. I can't. And it kind of broke my heart to know that as I got older because it's like, how much shit did you go through because you didn't want to see me see you be a bitch? And I wouldn't have thought you was a bitch and it would have been justified shit, but his little brother couldn't see it because if that, if I would have seen it, it would have set the tone for me to do the same shit. So much so solidified. Again, I was 12, 13 years old, maybe. And I'm shadow boxing with this dude. And when you shadow box, you don't hit. He punched me in my eye and shit. He was older than me. I had a complex. Again, challenge shit. So I'll go get my big brother and shit. And he said, go beat him up. I'm like, you supposed to be my brother? He said, man, I can't fight for you, bro. I can't. I can't at that moment. My knuckle gang went to a whole nother level because I realized I didn't have nobody to go get because he didn't have nobody to go get. Then I thought back to the time when he was, he fought the dude that's 25. So as these dudes are rushing us, right? Like, like my, we're trying to pull my brother back and he walking up and shit. So my brother like, Yo, fuck it. We got to do what we got to do. Boom, boom, boom. So they start scrapping and shit. My brother beating his motherfucking ass. And I'm so proud of him. I'm like, yo, this nigga bigger than all of us together, but we at it. His homies come. It's like two other dudes and shit. And it's like, oh, this ain't, I'm 12, nigga. Fuck. So luckily the other guys didn't jump in, right? They didn't jump in fully. I kind of pushed one of them back, like, do something. He was a midget. I ain't no, no, he wasn't a midget. I would say he was a little person because he wasn't quite a midget. But like, I was 12 and I'm a relatively tall person. So at 12, I was still tall. Me and him were the same height when I was 12. So I say he had to be about 5'2", five, 5'3", five, maybe. So he was a short, but him, I was ready to, you know what I mean? Bang with, I was ready to bang with both of them, but I'm 12 because ego's kicking in, but it's more survival than anything. Like these niggas really was coming for blood. So my brother banging him out, boom, 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 boom. He get exhausted. The big nigga just fall on him because he's like, I can't fight this little nigga, bro. He's an athlete. He's 19. He, you know what I'm saying? Dude is heavy overweight. My brother fucking him up. So dude slammed my brother and lay on him. And that's when the jumping hit. So when he slammed my brother and shit, my sister, she got like a stick or something. She hitting him. And I'm, you know, I'm punching him in the head. Boom, boom. So my sister's like, yo, go get mama. That hurt me so bad. That hurt me so bad to know that I had to call my mother. That It wasn't go get daddy. It was go get mama, bro. It's like the fuck. So I stopped fighting. I try to run home to go get her. And shit, I rode my bike and everything. I run in the crib all hype and shit. I grabbed a knife. I was going to kill that nigga, bro. I grabbed a knife and my mom stopped me. Whoa, 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 what's going on? I was like, I told her the situation. She hopped in the car. We go down there. And then my mom was like, I hear her say, you don't touch much. I'm like, mom, you can't fight this man. You can't fight this man. My dad should be here for that. Like, we should have been able to go get my daddy, bro. But we didn't. And because of that... That is what set up our masculinity like that, to be violent, to be violent as hell. Because a lot of people don't understand you masking that violence because you have nobody to go get. I can talk shit knowing that I can go get my daddy. You feel me? I'm gonna go get my dad. You know how many times I heard motherfuckers say shit like that to me? I'm 15, 16 years old, I'm whooping the nigga ass and shit. I'm gonna go get my daddy, I don't give a fuck. Y'all seen Boys in the Hood? He's like, yo, get, I get my brother gun and shoot you in the face. I get my daddy, at least I got one, motherfucker. It's real shit like that, but 
the point that I'm, I'm making and going to with this is that that is how one essence of the masculinity is defined. So now when it translates into the world, you feel me? You're going to have those emasculated men off of the strength that they're emasculated solely from the understanding that masculinity is violent. You feel me? So many people thought I was a bitch because I was quiet. Everybody used to say, yo, it's the quiet ones. Like my siblings to this day, cousins, family, they say, yo, you the worst one. I fear the day you ever blow up. I fear the day you ever blow up. I did it one time. I did it one time. I was 15 years old and nothing could stop me. But nobody wanted to fight. That's what pissed me off. Y'all got me here and now y'all don't want to fight. Now y'all don't want to fight. And I was ready to fight everybody. Everybody. But it was the violent nature in me. I broke as a kid that day. I was 15 years old. I was walking my little homeboy home, my little homie Jonathan home. And prior to that, racist shit. So this Caucasian lady was like, um, hey, what were you doing staring at uh, my daughter? I said, we weren't staring at your daughter. I was looking at another little Caucasian girl. Not little. Hold on. Let me say that. They're all my age. We 15. Let me say that shit. They're all my age. But it's like I was looking at the other one, not the one that, not the, not the daughter of the mother, not the daughter of the mother who approached me. I was looking at the other one, right? Because me and the other one, she was, she was going to top me off. You feel me? You can't tell a 15-year-old horny kid that you're going to give him some head and he going to want some head when he see you. The fuck? Like, she told me she was going to give me some head and shit. Like, and she wanted to give me some head. Like, it ain't no, you know what I mean? It's just time never presented itself. Like, she would try to suck me off on a school bus and shit. We just didn't sit together. It was like crazy shit. So I told her, I was like, nah, we wasn't looking at, you know, your daughter. I was looking at such and such. She said, okay, well, I'll be sure to let her grandmother know. All right, the fuck is it going to do to me? I'm not thinking it's anything crazy like that. So it's like, there's little shit that happened. Like, I remember one time, one of the little, little girls, she fell off a bike. Now my homies bust out laughing because we were beefing with them. Because it's just like we were beefing with that family. Like, those two families, we didn't, I don't know why. I think it's racism. I know it is. But we was beefing with those two families. And so when the little girl, I mean, the kids, I always felt like this. Kids ain't got nothing to do with the beef. So the kids will be, you know, <laughs> they'll be just minding their own business. So the little girl fell off the bike and she was, and now how she fell and started crying, it was funny. I ain't gonna hold you. She was like, huh, 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 ah! and she started crying, right? So my homeboy, he busted out laughing, but he laughed like an asshole on purpose. We knew it. He didn't, the way he was laughing was purposely to fuck with him. He was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. and I'm like, yo, bro, chill out. I'm the only one telling everybody, yo, chill out, calm down, chill out, calm down. This is important because this segues into the conversation of why I blew the fuck up. So um, I'm walking my homie home because we had like the little path we could walk through was between one of the yards of the lady who questioned us about looking at her daughter. And then the other one was um because she thought we was going to jump her daughter. I said, we don't fight women, bro. We be, get, Go get your older sons because we was going to beat up her sons. That's where the beef really started. Because we're going to beat up her sons. Now, her sons, I'm 15, 14, me and my homies, we 15, 14, 15, 15, 14, or 15, 14, 13, whatever. But we was going to beat up her sons. Her sons are grown-ass men. They in their 30s. And they came to fuck with us because their little brother, who was our age, got beat the fuck up by one of ours. And it was like, oh, we're going to have No, you ain't. Because if we got to go call our 30-year-old, y'all going to get laid the fuck flat. But we'll handle it. And that's the problem. We was at 15 years old handling problems like that. Grown ass men. Grown ass motherfucking men. But anyway, so I'm walking my man's through the cut and shit. And the, little, the girl grandma said, hey, why were you looking at my granddaughter? 
I said, your granddaughter was looking at me. And like I said it just like that, laughing. She talking about, she wasn't looking at you. I said, you'd be surprised if she was looking at me. I'm about to tell her, like, yo, your, your dog, she want to she wanna fuck. Like, she trying to give me some head. Like, that's why I was looking at her. So I was like, I chuckled it off. I heard this, I heard Game on an interview where he was like, um, he was like, uh, yeah, he said, you know what? I ain't shit, but I'll blow your motherfucking top off. She said, I was like, nah, your granddaughter looking at me, bro. Like, what you, she said, well, so, and this is where it got problematic because she's like, so what you too good to be looked at? This is when I started to see the energy. It's not this, this deep black, white shit. Like, I feel it. She's like, what you too good to be looked at? I'm like, mm-mm. Is your granddaughter too good to be looked at? Well, why were y'all looking? Why was she looking at us? We made eye contact, homie. And I'm trying to de-escalate the situation with humor, but I'm getting very, very, very angry. And so she's like, so what? She asked me again. So what you think? You, I said, I ain't shit. She said, you right. You ain't shit. I said, you ain't shit neither, bitch. And when I said that, her granddaughter, the same one that was going to give me some head, she was like, oh, you just called my grandma a bitch. We're going to jump you. She said, we're going to jump you. My sisters, my sisters, I'm going to say this on this episode. I love y'all. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. I do not fight women. I do not put my hands on women. I do not abuse women. However, when multiple women come together to fight me at once, you are one nigga and I'm going to beat the shit out of all y'all. I'm, I'm letting that be known now. There's not a... If you got multiple homegirls and y'all feel like pulling up on a nigga to jump them, I fight all of y'all and say y'all were one nigga. It's not a, for me, it's not a, at that point, that whole, she's a woman thing, it's out the window because it's multiple women. And I got a sister who fights like dudes. So I know the depths that a woman can do to you physically. So I'm like, nah, my brother's been cut, you know what I'm saying, by his girlfriend and shit, like cut to where he almost died. No woman can get that close to me in a violent demeanor. I'm sorry let alone multiple, I'm beating the shit out of y'all. So that was established when I was 15 years old. So she says, we're going to jump you. Mind you, it's a van. They're in a van. So her grandma, her, a couple other people. So remember when I told you a little short dude, he was important. The one that me and my, when me and my brother had that scrap out, he was important because he was black, but he was the middle ground. I said, yo, you can be the neutral buffer. This is what I told him. I said, yo, bruh, talk to your peoples, man. Calm them down. I ain't got nothing to do with it. A word? Fuck you too then, nigga. You on the op side now. My last words before I snapped was, because after she said, we're going to jump you, mind you, it's like, it's like eight or nine people. You don't tell me you're going to jump me <laughs> and have that many people have the capacity to do it and then think I'm just going to play with that shit. So I said, a word? First nigga come to the street, I'm breaking your shit. I sent my homie home. He said, nah, Ray, I got it. I said, nope, this ain't your fight. Go the fuck home. I said, you ain't got nothing to do. He said, nah, yo, I got your back, bro. I ain't going to let them. They're not going to jump me. I'm breaking whoever face come in this motherfucking street. I said, they better run at the same time because I'm knocking niggas out as soon as they come up here. They want niggas. We know who they are. But it was a couple of them. So again, I'm telling dude, yo, get your, I ain't got nothing to do with it. So now I'm heating up. I'm heating up. And I've never been this angry before in my life. And nobody could calm me down. Everybody was like, yo, Ray, come. I said, no, fuck that. I said, let them come to the street. They came out like they didn't come. They stayed on their property. They were smart. They said, because if you hit me, I'm going to get you for trespassing. I'm going to call the law on you. I said, come to the street and watch me drag your motherfucking ass. I was ready to fight everybody. Every fucking body. Because we lived in the neighborhood, they actually knew my mama. They knew my phone number. Because contrary to the beef at this point, we weren't really, we didn't really have bad blood with each other. It just happened to be the moment. So they knew my mama. They called her. And my mama pulled up. And when my mama pulled up, she said, get in this car. When she said that, 
I flipped even more. This masculine violent shit is unleashing now because it's like, okay, this is what y'all want. This is what y'all want. And it, but this is all I've internalized. Violence and vagina. So it's like, she said, get in the car. I said, oh, where are y'all calling my mom on me? And I said, are you going to take their side? All right. So I sat in the car and my mom was like, why are you out here? I said, don't even say nothing to me. Yo, you going to defend them or you going to hop on their side? And I'm at this point, my mom realized how angry I am because I'm cussing in her face. I'm like, I'm not disrespecting my mama, but I hadn't, she never seen me spoke, speak like this before. So the same dude that I just told, I said, bro, talk to your people. And he said, he ain't got nothing to do with it. He come up to the car and he go, Ray, calm down. He put his hand on my chest. I smacked his hand off my shit. His shit hit the dashboard and shit real hard. I said, fuck you, pussy. I told you to de-escalate this shit from the jump. I told you to talk to these motherfuckers. And what you say, you ain't got shit to do with it. Keep that same motherfucking energy, nigga. You better hope my mama don't let me out of this car because you first on the list because now you want to be a little bitch. And I'm spazzing out, going off everything. I got so motherfucking heated. I got so motherfucking heated, I cried. That's all I could do at that point. I broke. I said, when that, I said, and at this point, everybody bitches, everybody ain't shit. Even a little girl that fell off the bike. I was like, kids ain't got nothing to do with it. But I said, fuck that because... I was like, I said, even when a little bitch fell off the bike and everybody laughed, I tried to de-escalate and say, y'all leave her alone because I try to keep the motherfucking peace. But niggas want to fuck with me. I said, when she let me out this car, I'm fucking everybody up. I promise you. I promise you. I said, mom, you, I said, you can take me home. You can do whatever you want to do. But when I get out of this motherfucking car, I'm whooping everybody ass. I meant that shit. They wouldn't let me out of the car. That's why the dude you need had came up and put his hand on my chest. I'm like, calm down. He wouldn't open the door. He wouldn't let the door open. You feel me? He wouldn't let the door open. But... My violence had got to a point that I cried. You feel me? I cried. I was like, yo, I'm the only one out this motherfucker still trying to do good and everything. Y'all want to keep fucking with a nigga. I was like fucking um, dude on Baby Boy, Melvin. Nigga got three strikes. I ain't had no strikes. But nigga got three strikes and they want to send a nigga back. Little niggas want to fuck with a nigga. That's literally how I was feeling, bro. So even though that moment in that movie was funny, I felt it because I understood this pain. I was like, I've been there before, bro. I've been there before, bro. But it's the connection that our violence has with masculinity. Hey bro, for real though, at some point we gotta stop talking to women about masculinity and start talking to each other about it. And I mean really talk to each other. Not as enablers and co-signers, but as men trying to reach the pinnacle of our essence. And that's what the So Frail series does. So Frail 1 is the definition. So Frail 2 is the acknowledgement and So Frail 3 is the resolution. If you rock with the Soul Frail Conversations, I can guarantee you will rock with the Soul Frail series of books. So visit IamJustSeen.com right now so you can add the series to your library. I promise you will never look at masculinity the same again and you're going to stop wasting your time arguing with women about it. This is a conversation that men need to have between men and it's time we start having this conversation now. I'm, a, I'm always going to bring the conversation back, but that's the connection in which our violence has with masculinity. So I'm spazzing on these motherfuckers and what I said, okay, I did incriminate somebody. I didn't almost incriminate myself in the heat of the moment. So the same one that said, we're going to jump you. She said, we're going to jump you. And I said, um, I said, I said, I wish you would. I said, I'll get somebody to peel your motherfucking top off. That's what I told her. We all know what that's code for. <laughs> so she says, and like, I guess they try to act like I was a bitch in front of my mama and shit, because they white and my mama, you know what I'm saying, serving type shit. We ain't on that type time. She said, and didn't you say that you were going to get somebody to beat me up? I said, I looked out the window. I turned like, <laughs> if you watch Battle Rap, nah, y'all don't know what it is. Never mind. Fuck it. It's, it's going to be too hard to explain. So I turned and I looked straight into her face. It was like a quick, the moment she said it, my, my neck just whipped and I looked at her. I said, 
She said, didn't you say you were going to get somebody to jump up, jump me? I said, no. I said, I was going to get somebody to peel your motherfucking top off. I mean, kill your stupid ass. That's when the shit got quiet. That's when niggas knew how serious I was. Because the fact that I said it stared her on soul with the conviction like, oh, shit, nigga, you really, you're not just ranting like, and getting, no, nah, it's like, at this point, it's done. I was, gonna, I was literally going to get somebody to kill her. Because they was going to jump me like, what the fuck? Ain't the fuck? All that other shit out the window. But it didn't get there. It didn't get there. So the very lady that started this whole shit, that accused me of, you know, looking, calling me a pervert and shit, that's what triggered it. She called me a pervert. This one, Now, this was, mind you, before, you know, man, I was 17 before um, I got in trouble uh, and I got arrested for that. But it still bothered me because I'm like, she want to suck my dick and you calling me the pervert? You feel me? So I'm like, nah. And that's when I said, nah, I ain't shit. And she was like, you're right, you ain't shit because she called me a pervert first. And it was like, so then she's talking about, I just asked you a simple question. I said, bitch, you ain't asked me no simple motherfucking question. Again, you know, it's like, yo, Ray, calm down. My mom's like, yo, chill. No, no, no. Because she didn't ask. I said, mom, do you really think I would be this angry if she asked me a simple question? She provoked me. She invoked me. And now I'm mad. Now everybody want to fight. Now everybody want to calm me down. Fuck y'all. That's how I was feeling, respectfully. But I was violent. And so the lady's going to say, well... You can come. To, she said, it was, just, I just wanted to be cool. She said, you can come. I said, I ain't going to your fucking house for what? For what? So y'all can get really jump me over there? Fuck y'all. I said, fuck y'all. I said, mom, take me home. Take me home. I got to get the fuck out of here. I said, if I stay here, I'm getting out of the car. Take me home. Take me home. Because at that point, you know, I'm 15. Motherfuckers have already seen me cry. I got to fight now. <laughs> nigga, my tears done fell. I done got so angry that my tears fell and I ain't fighting. Nigga, I got to fight now. Y'all niggas done seen me cry. I ain't no bitch. I ain't no bitch, but I'm crying. So you feel me? So. I go home, de-escalate the situation. My mom called me down. She like, I've never seen you. She said, I didn't even know that was in you. And I was just like, mm. And that time, my siblings, they always said the same shit. They said, bro, you the scariest one. Because you're the only one that don't, like, they're like, you're the only one that don't vocally do it. Like, come out like that, like you're mad. We have to push you to that point. You can't just turn it on. You and I was like, it's not that I just can't turn it. I don't. That's the problem. But when I don't want to hold it in no more, fuck it. Whoever is in the wake of destruction, you get it. You feel me? And I'm saying that. I told that whole story I led to all of this because I understand why niggas say they scared of other niggas. When I understand how violent I was, I understand how violent niggas can get. So I'm not mad at nobody. The little anime niggas who get mad. And the little, I'm not worried about them. I'm not saying some of them don't know how to fight or whatever the case may be. But I'm saying the very motherfuckers, it ties into that episode that I seen. I seen a podcast episode where it was like, dudes like, women want us to protect and provide and protect them, but we're scared. I understand why niggas are scared. Women, y'all may not hear it. But as a man who's been violent, who hung with other violent niggas, like, whoa. I get why y'all scared. It got to a point where niggas was like, when we were in when we were in school, it was like, yo, we want to try y'all. For what? For what? Like that was that quote unquote masculine shit. I gotta assert myself, my dominance over you, yo. Y'all just walk with that energy. Like, like we stayed in some shit. One of my homies, he didn't even get to finish high school because he got suspended his first week in school for fighting. He got kicked out his first week. Like, that's the zero tolerance he was. And I was like, damn, that shit. I'm so glad I was in class. These two motherfuckers, they had lunch together. You feel me? So you feel me? 
is you know it's the three amigos two of them they had lunch together and i'm in class luckily i'm in class because it would have been bad i'm like i get a text bro man i got suspended nigga how we only been in school three days what you do man i knocked that nigga out oh, and i knocked him out of shoes he, he said i knocked that nigga out and knocked him out of shoes he said if they would have been my size i would have took him i said who you knock out told me to do that i said for what i said over that bra man now mind you it wasn't over the woman it was over the principal dude was like and dude told me i'm a grown-ass man i ain't got time to be dealing with y'all my man's just 15 years old at the time <laughs> Dude, 18, right? He in high school and shit. So my man stick him. Bing! <laughs> Lay his ass and knock his shoes off. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. It's hilarious because I'm a part of that culture. It's traumatic when you're on the outside looking in. It's violent when you're on the outside looking in. Imagine being in the presence of a motherfucker who was knocking niggas out of their shoes. Me and my homies, we ain't fear it because we box. We we was sparring with this motherfucker. You feel me? When my homeboy got into it, my, my other homeboys, when he was about to fight in school, I told him, yo, go to the bathroom and scrap him one-on-one. Don't do this shit in the public, bro. You're going to get suspended, man. We got to be quick about this shit. Get in, get out. Bada boom, bada bing. So I told him, this is what you do. Go up to your mans, tell him, blah, blah, blah. This is what it is. I said, tell him to meet you in the bathroom. So they walk into the bathroom. No, my mans walked up. He tried to, I said, don't take none of your shit off, bro. You you being too much. I said, I can tell you, don't you, do you really want to fight him? Yeah, man, because all right, then be cool. Don't take your shit off. Don't do none of that shit till you get to the bathroom. Boom. He goes, I said, go to the dude, tell him, I want to fight. You want to fight me I'm in the bathroom over here? Boom. Because it was the morning. We knew what bathroom nobody was at. So I told him, go meet him over there. So as they walking, you no, know, he's walking up and then the home, he said, yo, y'all going to jump me when I get in there. I said, look, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real with you, young boy. Because I think I was a senior. Or was I junior? Junior or senior. One of those because. Yeah, it was a senior because I was in Allied 2. I was in Allied Health Relations 2. So it was like my home. And then my homeboy, he was walking around. I said, go to fucking class. I just helped you not get suspended. Why are you? I, ain't got no, I don't want to go to class. Stupid. Like, this is how you stay out of trouble. So it's like, after the, um, so going to back, he's like, yo, y'all going to jump me, ain't you? I said, mm-mm. I said, we ain't going to jump you, bro. We're not going to jump you. I said, but I can tell you right, I can tell you like this, if any of your homies jump in, the rest of the shit is out the window. And at that point, we fighting for survival. And I looked at him. He was like, all right, man, if I can get the fair one, you're going to get the fair one because I dust you off on my own. So you feel me? I let you bang with my little homie. I ain't mad at that. Like, and you my little homie age. The fuck? Why would I get involved with that shit? But I said, if your homies jump in, that's it. Like, that's it. All that other shit is out the window. And I put it, and I purposely said, go to the bathroom because it's a confined space. You feel me? Me and my homie, we sparred in confined spaces, purposely. I said, we're going to maneuver around this motherfucker. Fuck them. We ain't fighting in no big-ass open fields where we can slam us. Let the shit be close quarters, proximity. Bing, bing, bing. You have to use your hands. So I told him, we get in the bathroom and shit. Told him he better not lose. He didn't. You feel me? But it's like, after he fucked him up and shit, we dispersed and everything. And everybody like, oh, what happened? So the teacher's coming. I heard there was a fight today. I did, too. He said, I heard you was involved. What? Do you see this face? Does anything look like I, not you, but your, what brother? Do I have a brother? You know, I ain't got no brother on record. <laughs> like, yeah, I would say shit like that. I was like, I said, nah, for real, I don't know nothing about no fight. But then after that, that set the tone. Come on, for, yo, meet me in the bathroom. See, y'all niggas don't really want to fight. Y'all do too much talking. Y'all ain't really violent. This is the reason why I'm telling the story. Me and my niggas was violent for real. 
So this is why I told my homie, I'm like, yo, don't get rowdy. Don't get like, keep your composure because violence needs discipline. We were disciplined with our violence, low key. So it was like, you know, keep that composure. Go tell them, look, I want to fight. You want to fight? Meet me in the bathroom. They're going to meet the nigga in the bathroom, beat him up and go. But then after that, everybody was, yo, meet me in the bathroom. Like, how do you announce to meet you in the bathroom? You don't want to fight. You don't want to fight. And I'm saying that because these are the protectors and providers that women are looking for. Are looking for protectors and providers in. He was a bitch in school. He used to smack that nigga in the head. You feel me? Or he used to call out when he wanted to fight so he can get, you know what I mean? So somebody can break it up. Me and my niggas, we wanted to fight where nobody was at. No breaking it up. We done what we done fight when we done fighting. Don't nobody break that shit up. Because that's how we fought in our neighborhood. It be 20, 30 motherfuckers just watching a fight. Ain't nobody breaking it up. Cars will slow down, go around, or whatever the case may be. And when y'all done fighting, y'all done fighting. You feel me? It's literally that, that crazy, yo. You feel me? I realized, and I realized it was too much the moment my homeboy fought. Low-key, I'm the cause of this whole, this whole battle, and nobody put the blame on me. Like, so I fought these two girls, right? Mind you, these are the same two girls from the story. These are the same two girls from episode 200. Remember when I told you they fought over me? Their fight led to their brothers fighting. Right? Because we all standing outside one day and my man just, you know, his sister. I did some fucked up shit as a human being. I used to fuck with his sister too. Like, that's what's crazy. Like, so his, you know, he his, the girl that his sister fought she talking shit. He like, yo, man, you better shut up. I go get my sister on. She said, how about I go get my brother? And he said, go get him, bitch. Do what you do. So he come around. Now, mind you, this is another point where families are beefing. When I say families are beefing, this isn't just beef between two people. This is familial beef. We were beefing. And the sad part about it is that me and one of the other guys on the other family, we were best friends. We were like brothers, yo. Like literally like brothers. But now we beefing. We're familiarly beefing. My family and my homeboy family is beefing with his family and now her family. So they come when they come around the corner, they come deep. Their dad is with them. I'm like, no, 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 no. As a father, you should not even been letting your sons come out like this, sending them to war. All right. I heard this phrase that said, in times of peace, sons will bury their fathers. In times of war, fathers will bury their sons. We live in a culture where more fathers bury their sons. More so, more fathers don't even know their sons are getting buried. So here we have a father who's there, who's allowing his son to come into the war. Now, mind you, the son, I think, I mean, because I'm out at the time, I had to be 16. Summer 16, yeah, because I had them brown Tims. Yep. So... Yeah, that was the fold. Yeah, so I was 16. So that means my homeboy, he's 15, 16. Shorty brother, like 21. We always fought. We were just fighting older niggas, man, older people, period. We traumatized as kids. We could not fucking run. You feel me? So he come around. Yo, which one of y'all talking to my sister? Nigga, we already know she told you the exact name. You know us by name and face because we know each other. So who you, like all of us out here, you know who to talk to? So my homie's like, all right, whatever. So, mind you, age gap, size gap, nigga, shit like that. You, you, you learn how to survive. My homie, 
stuck him. Boom. The dude ran up to him. He stuck him. Boom. When he hit him, he hit him so hard his head jerked back. And he tried to grab my homie and shit. But he fucked up when he grabbed him because he grabbed him with his hands behind his sides. And my homie slipped his hand into his back pocket. He said, nigga, you too weak to be grabbing me. He broke his grip, hooked him with some brass knuckles and split his shit and then put the brass knuckles back in his pocket. Oh, he got brass knuckles. So he just kept hitting him and shit. Then my homie just stopped fighting. And, you know, dude punched him in the mouth and shit. My homie was done. He said, yo, I'm tired. And my, he's like, yo, Ray, I lost. I said, you ain't lose, bro. You stopped fighting. He said, I fucking lost. And then the other nigga was like, yeah, you always losing fights. I said, shut up, pussy. I bust your ass. And then we ain't do shit. We just talked and shit because he didn't want to do nothing. Because I was like, yo, what it is? Somehow, and I'm saying this is how the beef goes. Somehow, the conversation gets back to my siblings and my cousins. My siblings and my cousins that I got jumped. Whew. That was ugly. Because it was like eight, nine cars just pulled up and everybody started walking guns out and everything. And I'm like, oh shit. So I'm like, where y'all going? Who jumped you? Do it look like I got jumped, nigga? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to, you know, I'm laughing. This, so I see everybody walking. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to walk too. We're going from the corner where we at to the family's house. Because that's where everybody at. So we pull up there. We just, you know, we ain't pull up. We walked up. And they like, yo, so who jumped my little mans and shit? You feel me? Now, my older brother would always say he wouldn't fight for me. Not a one-on-one -on -one fight. But if he thought I got jumped or some shit like that, that's a whole different story. So the story got back that I got jumped. Not that my homie fought a one-on-one -on -one fight that I got jumped. You dig what I'm saying? So as I got jumped, they thought everybody went over there. And so my brother like, yo, who jumped my motherfucking brother, yo? And... They like nigga ain't about it was a one on one fight. You got that? They like so they looking like who's your motherfucking brother? And I'm like I ain't I don't know. I, said, I didn't say I don't know what y'all like. So now it's like you. I didn't say shit, bro. I don't know how I got back like that. Like we got the call that you fought my man's blah blah blah. And it's like oh other brother because you know not biological brother other brother. They just heard brother. You feel me? So dude, one of the dudes on the porch. My brother is so fucking alert to everything. That nigga head is on a swivel like a motherfucker. <laughs> the warrior spirit like. That shit is bloodline type shit, yo. Like, if you met the men in my family, they're violent a lot. They're crazy as shit. They low-key violent, but they're very attuned to shit. That's like my pops, my, my uncles, like my dad's side of the family, they like that. When I say they like that, they like that. It's so much so that in the city, I'm not telling that story. I'm not telling that story. Anywho, so dude is like, so my brother catch one of the dudes reaching. He said, nigga, what you reaching for? I already got mine out. When that happened... That's when everybody was like, it's supposed to, it was, I think it was like the 4th of July, some shit. So it was like the, um, the ladies, the, the girl, one of the girls, mom was like, please, no guns, no guns, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on. And I was like, and my sister was there too. She called my brother name. She's like, yo, put it down. He was like, I'm saying the nigga reaching like he want to do something. I had this bitch out right motherfucking now. And what I said, it wasn't me that fought. I wasn't even involved in this shit. I don't know how y'all, that was like. Oh, well, then they told, when they told who called, it wasn't none of us that called. Somebody called their brother fighting. They rushed out and shit and all of that shit. But it's like, I'm saying that story to say, this is the side of the shit that a lot of motherfuckers don't know about. That's not really, that, that, that traumatizes you, that makes you this type of motherfucker. So when I hear motherfuckers saying men, all men should be protected and provided, no, they can't. Ideally, you would want them to be protectors and providers, but this is why they need guns now.
Because when your mind is reprobated the way it is, in such a negative way, and everything is fight or flight response, and you can't flee, you can't protect yourself against a man like that. You cannot protect yourself against a man like that. You will fear that man. So when I see these podcast episodes, and they're like, yo, that's toxic masculinity. That's, that's not toxic masculinity. That's trauma and survival, nigga. And if you've never experienced the shit, you need to shut the fuck up about it. If you're not going to lend a hand, if you're not going to be able to express how this is really affecting the people, you need to shut the fuck up. But there's so many people talk, oh, that's toxic masculinity. He's overaggressive. He's in a state of survival all his fucking life. Fight or flight response when you can't flee. Everybody love the story of what happens when you back a dog into a cage. He's going to fight his way out. What happens when your life is a fucking cage and you always in a corner? What the fuck do you think you're going to be? Violent. Fucking violent. And that's one of the marks of masculinity that we have. You feel me? And then when you look at the other side of it, the vagina. That's it. Because when niggas don't want to associate with being the violent nigga, I'm going to be the ladies man. I'm going to be the soft, smooth, swoon, cooney nigga. Like, boom, boom, boom. I could talk like, that's why I'm so well-rounded. I've literally been bold. When I got tired of being violent, I became a ladies man. I heard this, I heard Jay-Z, I'm not Jay-Z, Jada Kiss. He was like, yo, I got tired of fighting. My hands hurt. I forgot who I heard. I was around somebody that heard it. was like, yo, that shit real. I was like, you just don't know how real that is. Y'all niggas think we like fighting. Motherfuckers think the hood likes being violent. They think that we like this shit. We think we go into a fight under, no, nigga, our blood rushes, our hearts beat really fast, that pulsation in our ears and shit. We feel, we got to stay ever vigilant and alert. We feel that shit too. We feel scared. We just don't let it succumb. We don't succumb to it. We feel scared as fuck. But like I said, it's fight or flight, it's responsible. We can't flee. But those who don't want to flee no more, those who don't even want to fight no more, you retire and you become a, you feel me? I want to be a ladies' man. But then it's like, how do you get rid of that perspective when you want to be a ladies' man, but you know the ladies only want a tough nigga? This is what they be complaining about because they're a lot of these guys in these podcasts and shit that are in that space and mad at us violent motherfuckers, us tough motherfuckers who had the women's draws with, oh, yeah, see, you had babies with the fucked up guy, and now you want somebody like, you still a bitch, and she don't want you to take care of her babies. She want another hood. She actually, really, if a woman had a baby by a hood nigga that didn't take care of a baby, whatever the case may be, if she does want another man to step in and be the father, it has to be a hood nigga, a reformed one. Y'all be thinking y'all are the ones that are going to be the option that she really wants to take care of kids. No. Because her kids were created in something that you don't even understand because you're afraid of it. You feel me? But that's the real reason why they was mad. They couldn't come off the porch with us. They couldn't come off the porch with us. They wasn't in a jungle with us. They wasn't. So now they're like, oh, I'm tough. Like, cause they can, you know, I, I've been lifting. I don't give a fuck. You still can't fight. You still ain't shit. You feel me? And we hold that. We hold motherfuckers to that, to that level based off the violence side. And then when we add that to the vagina, like that don't, that don't go nowhere. Most of the women are like, women like masculine energy. But when we don't, when we think masculinity, masculine energy is over aggression, this is what we get. That's why the women like gangbangers. That's why the women like the thugs and shit like that. Like, gotta have a little bit like what Nip, Missy, Missy, MC Light got a song called uh, Roughneck. 
He got to be a roughneck. Like, what does that mean? He got to be a hood motherfucker. Nas even expressed it too. He's like, yo, bro, get you a man with street smarts, but he got to have intelligence. He was telling like, and women crave that shit. In the natural essence, some of y'all motherfuckers will never experience it because you ain't that. But in the natural essence, I know this, and I mean this in the most modest way. I experience it everywhere I go. Women feel that about me. They know they safe. That's the reason why they fuck with violent men. People be looking at, oh, it's like, yo, if this nigga's violent, I'm safe. You feel me? Because real, like, we ain't gonna put you, we ain't gonna put you, put out, you know, put you in, in in jeopardy like that. You dig what I'm saying? But they like that street shit because they know he's wild. If anything were to happen to me, I know he got me. My brother and his um, the mother of his kids. There's a song that epitomizes them too. It's called "Smoking Gun" by Jada Kiss and Jasmine Sullivan. <laughs> Yo. Through all of the shit they've been through over the last, they've been together half my life. <laughs> for the last 17 years, for the last 17 years of all of the shit that they've been through in life, you better not fuck with them. You better not fuck with them. They are literally the epitome of Bonnie and Clyde. I don't mean, I like, dog. Somebody getting laid down if they got to come together. You feel me? But... That is because as men, that's what our masculine side is. And so you have the guys who like, I don't want to be tough. I'm not tough. And that's okay to not be. You feel me? But women have to understand that. So this is why I say it ties into vagina because the key to vagina is toughness. So why violence and vagina, the shit goes hand in hand. Women didn't like, they didn't like, you didn't like a motherfucker who you think can get beat up, who you thought can get beat up. You didn't like a motherfucker who you thought wouldn't slap a motherfucker, choke a motherfucker, they said something slick to you. You love the gangster, you love the bad boy. You know why? Because you knew that he would protect himself. Even if he got beat up in fights, he would fight. You feel me? He would fight. And... That is a reality that a lot of people, especially these new podcast spaces coming into, it's like they don't want to be associated with that. But they they don't want to be associated with that, so they're not violent to men. They're violent to women. They're just verbally violent. They talk condescendingly, and they get the... You feel me? There's the podcast where the dude is like, he get like eight women and shit. They all ditzy and goofy and shit, and fucking they all Instagram girls and shit. And he talks over them and talks down to them, and they let them. That's still violence. He won't say that shit to a man. I put money on it. I know he won't. He won't talk like that to a dude. Niggas won't talk like that to dudes. I have made a post. No, somebody invited me on somebody else's post. Said, I want to know your thoughts on this. Why don't men protect? Because they're scary. They're scared to get beat up. That's not an excuse. That is an excuse. I hate when women say men not being afraid. Men being afraid to get beat up is not an excuse for you not to protect. When you know how violent a man can get, you'll, re you'll, 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 you'll change that perspective. And I don't mean violent a man can get as far as with the woman. You ever seen how violent a man can get with a man? That's scary. He really don't fear shit. You feel me? When me and my niggas used to scrap out and we used to box and shit, even when we had our real scuffles, because we would fight for real too. It was like, yo, some, like, yo, bro, we'll be friends, but it's like, yo, we got to fight for real for that shit. Fuck these gloves, bro. We got to fight for real. We knew the capacity each other can get violent and we can match it. You feel me? Mind you, this is us as 
14, 15 years old. Because what were we beefing with? 20, 30-year-old niggas and shit. The fuck? That's not normal. And we ain't got no fathers to go get? Now, one of my homeboys, he did have a father. Wait, his, he had, his, his mom got remarried to his stepdad or whatever. His stepdad worked the overnight shift, so he would sleep during the day. We can't go get that nigga some shit pop off. You feel me? My other homie, his dad was an alcoholic. You feel me? And he lived with his uncle who was abusing him and shit. We was going to kill them niggas too. Only reason why we didn't do that shit, the only reason why we didn't do that was because when the green light happened, when we was about to do it, he got the green light that his other uncle, which is his mom's brother, at this, you know, she, his mom's brother came down and said, you know what? I'm going to take you to come live with me. And I said, nigga, leave this motherfucker. Don't come back until you made something of yourself. I felt so relieved when he got out of there. I said, you can go. He came back because he said, I just love the hood and I miss y'all. Nigga, fuck us. I meant that shit with everything in me the day he said that shit to me. I said, nigga, fuck us. You made it out. Get the fuck out of this motherfucker. Don't ever come back. Because we was going to kill his uncle and his daddy. They jumped him. Now, mind you, the uncle that jumped him was the same uncle that fought my older brother. Ain't this a crazy tangled web? You feel me? The same nigga that I was just telling the story about that fought my brother when he was 19 is the same nigga that was his uncle that my homeboy, his uncle was like, you know, they jumped him. I seen and the time, one time I seen it, I seen him stomp him out. He stomped him out so bad the blinds fell. The blinds fell. And so that day he came around the corner. He said, bro, they jumped me, dog. Me and my other homie said, all right, let's go. <laughs> We walked over. We walked over there and shit. And I said, how you want to handle this, bro? I said, ain't no turning back. He said, man, they jumped me. Like, he hurt. Like, he bruised. Like, I seen him. These grown men. Now, mind you, when my brother fought the dude, I was 12. I'm 16 or 17 at this point. So, dude is in this. Like, these are grown-ass men fighting kids, bro. Nobody sees what that does to the kid who has to grow up into this shit. You feel me? We're violent as shit. And now everybody wants to, you know, don't be violent anymore. I don't know how to turn this shit off. I just know how to be quiet now. People think I'm, I'm, because I, I laugh, I'm very violent. I still have a lot of those tendencies. I just don't have a reason to react anymore because I keep my mouth shut. You feel me? But I'm saying that to say this. So we was gonna, we was gonna lay him out. But then when we get around, he said, like, I just wanna fight. He said, because I ain't gonna have nowhere to go. I said, you're right. So then his uncle, somehow, I don't know, it was, uncle was able to call we didn't go through with it his uncle was able to call he was able to go then he came back worst decision i've ever seen he came back and i was like bro man why didn't you stay he said man i missed y'all i said nigga i missed you too but if you would have made some of yourself we would have found each other again bro this shit ain't going nowhere this shit is hell you feel me but it molds us into a certain way to where we find the women who like us for that. Women want to be protected, so they're going to find a violent nigga, bro. It ain't no, it ain't no if, hands, and maybe it's about it. She's going to find a violent nigga. So violence connects to the vagina and shit. And these are the two, like I said, these are the two dynamics of uh, masculinity. So like I said, these same guys that, I did all that talking about the, um, the violent side, but these same guys are violent too. They're just passive aggressively violent. They're telling women, you ain't shit. Bitch, you ugly. Bitch, you this, you that. And third, or you ain't shit. Men have to go through this. Men have to go through that. They will not keep that same energy with men. 
So with that post that I was making, it was like, I'm fucking gonna tell me, you feel me? That's no excuse for a man to be afraid. Oh, but it is. And I'm only saying this is an excuse because I know how violent niggas can get. And I know the depths that men can do. I know the depths of damage that men can do to another man. I've been in fight, I've been in real fights with niggas and shit where we had I've been in fights with motherfuckers where we had to fight so hard because we had to guarantee we were gonna make it home. We couldn't fall. You feel me? And to know that, like my homeboy, he got stomped out. Now at five was 17, he was 15, got stomped out by a 30-year-old man. We was gonna lay that nigga flat. You don't think that you feel me? What do you mean there's no excuse for a man to be afraid of another man? Imagine being on the other side of that. Imagine being a motherfucker traumatized from having to fight so many different things, from getting jumped, all this other shit. Oh, nigga, you're not beating my ass, bro. You just not. You feel me? Why men won't protect? Because we know on the other side of that, there's an equally violent motherfucker. Possibly. And we can only gauge it off ourselves. Some of us don't give a fuck. Like I said, for me, when I was in Philly, when I had that situation where the woman, the man slapped her and shit, and as I was trying to, yo, man, tone that shit down, I knew the nigga wasn't going to do shit because I know how violent I can get, and I could tell by his demeanor he couldn't do what I can do. So I'm like, yo, bro, and he toned it down because real recognized real. She like, mind your motherfucking business, all right? Boom. He slapped her but toned down for me. You didn't catch that, shorty? Like, come on. But I was prepared for whatever because I know how violent I can be. Another man's violence doesn't scare me anymore. But again, when you predicate your masculinity off that and you predicate it off of that being the vessel that gets you vagina then, what is it? You feel me? So you you want that protection. How you going to get it? You got to get it from a violent motherfucker. But at the same time, you got to get, get it from a violent motherfucker who has discipline. A lot of these niggas have never been violent. They just tough and strong. It's different. Muscles don't mean shit if you've never been violent before. <laughs> like you be thinking, okay, give me a man who's like, you know, he can like, you know, keeps his body and I don't care. But like, yeah, you can wrestle me, but can you go the distance with me? You might be able to wrestle with me, but can you get violent with me? This is not thing to brag about. This is not a thing to 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 condone, but this is to show you the reality of what it is to be a masculine man and to accept masculinity today, which is why I say it's toxic femininity. But it was, it's what it means to accept this. Every man ain't violent and every man doesn't have the capacity to be violent. Every man doesn't have the capacity to protect you. You feel what I'm saying? He just doesn't. So those who don't know how to be violent, they go to the side of, I'm going to swoon and do all this other shit, do sneaky shit. I'm not going to beat your ass because you a man, you a man. So I'm not, I can't, and I can't, I'm going to fuck your girl. I'm going to fuck with you. I'm going I'm to, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to stand up to you in that regard from the violence side. I'm going to be passively aggressive. I'm going to be all this other shit. That's the essence of, you know, toxic femininity that we're calling masculinity. But all of these things are both realities that is done for the vagina. We do it for pussy. In the grand scheme of it, either you're going to have hands or have hoes. And the, the way you have hands or have hoes is predicated off whether you're violent or not. It's going to be the type of women. Because a lot of niggas wanted the street women. You feel me? And what I've learned is that it's warrior spirit. That's all. I talk about this in So Frail. And I have an episode way, way back, you know, where you have the three phases. Of, I mean, not three phases of mind. You have the three types of masculine, the other three types of masculine energy. No, three types of masculine energy are the fraternal, spousal, and paternal. But 
I think it's like the three something. It's three something of masculinity, but whatever it is, it's like you have the the messenger, the warrior, and the thinker. Everybody is not a warrior. Some people are messengers. Some people are thinkers. And a lot of times we're putting, we're trying to put messengers and thinkers into a warrior's perspective. They can't. Don't get me wrong. They have the capacity to easily become a warrior at will, but a warrior has something different. Experience. Experience. You can look at look at the past and shit, and you can look at a war. Niggas, you can't train a nigga for war. You can't. You can't prepare a motherfucker to see a body drop. Stop moving. You can't prepare a motherfucker to blow up and see his motherfucking homie's limb get cut the fuck off. Did we see that shit in the hood? No. We didn't see it that gruesomely, but we was in shit like that. We were made into warriors. You feel me? You can't expect the messenger or thinker to do that shit. The thinker you sent to college to motherfucking be, let the suit and tie fool you. I'm going to let it fool me, nigga, because I don't think you about that. You feel me? When I went to school, I went to school in the HBCU, right? Most HBCUs in the projects in the hood. Whenever I used to walk and shit, ain't you scared? That's how I know you ain't really about this shit. Like, you niggas talk about how hood y'all are and shit like that, but you gonna ask me if I'm scared to walk around at night? You might get, I'm not gonna get robbed. Ain't nobody gonna rob me. Don't be arrogant like that. Don't be, no, nigga, ain't nobody gonna rob me. You know why? Because when I walk at night, I'm gonna look like a robber. You know why? Because I know the culture. I know how to be violent. I know how to meet violence with violence. I don't kumbaya this shit. You feel me? That's the issue. That's the issue. I come from that. I grew up around it. I experienced it. A lot of these dudes haven't. So they're not going to establish their masculinity off violence. They're going to establish their masculinity off of vagina. But violent to the vagina. That's why niggas will beat women up. They misogyny and all this other shit because it's like I still have that violent component because anger, rage, and aggression is what makes me a man. But I'm not going to physically hit you. I'm going to demoralize you. You feel me? I'm going to demoralize you. You feel me? And that's one of the craziest realities. Like, it's like then when a relationship comes in, it's like, yo, you got to I ain't going to hold you, ladies. Y'all got to Y'all got to have brothers that can beat up your boyfriends. But at the same time, it's not that you got to have brothers to beat up your boyfriends. You have to have brothers that are that have the capacity to. Me and my brother will fuck any man up that violates my sister. And niggas know that shit too, but we don't have to. Me and my brother are also not the brothers who try to punk our sisters, boyfriends, into, oh yeah, nigga, you hurt my sister, I'm going to hurt you. Mm-mm. As soon as we meet, hey, yo, what's up, bro? Welcome. You feel me? I fuck with you. Oh, nigga, you only gonna deny. We ain't got no reason to try. You can tell from my handshake, I'll fuck you up. I'm a, like, my shit is different. I don't have to punk you to let you know what you're dealing with. I don't have to try to assert my dominance and shit to show you where I, I'm gonna shake your hand. You'll know everything you need to know, and I know everything I need to know. When you feel that grip and you see that I'm serious and I got that eye contact with you, you already know what you're fucking with. Don't fuck up. But then when I feel that little weakness in your hand and you're trying to slip out, no, I know you better not touch my sister, bro. You don't even have a fighting chance in this bitch. We never had to be in that point where we had to overly aggressive do that shit. But a lot of dudes do because you know why? They still assert their masculinity or violence. That's how you can tell who's really know who. Niggas that, you feel me? Those fathers that pull the pistols out on their sons, girl, their daughter's boyfriend prom dates. Nigga, you a bitch for that. 
Like the one I seen where it's like the girl was going to prom and all the daddies standing on the porch with the guns and shit. And not a single one. If that little girl got slapped by a cop or some shit, like not a single one of them guns would pop off. You niggas ain't really about that shit. And that's the difference between real motherfuckers who understand violence and shit. And this is what women want to be protected and provided for. So I've realized that now that I'm at the end of this, I don't think this episode is probably going to be called um, uh, Violence in Vagina. just violence. Um, masculine violence. That's what I'm going to call it. That's what it's probably called now, as you've seen from the title. But it was initially, anyway, it was initially going to be that. But yeah, niggas ain't really masculine. They don't even know how to be violent. They know how to be tamed creatures. Tamed creatures. And they tamed well. But the point of all of that is that when we look at our masculine essence, it's like, where do we get that from? You feel me? Where do we get that from? I don't think people really understand this. You know what? This should have stayed. I should say this shit for season eight. Because this is definitely a good so for a conversation. But it's like, the violence. Niggas don't. I don't think people really understand that shit. You can't expect a man to protect and provide like on some shit. Like, it's different. Like, and then like when women set that tone, and men, like I said, men are gonna find you know, I'll keep it the title. Men are gonna find a balance between the vagina side. I don't wanna be violent, so I'm gonna be the ladies' man. Me, I've been both. I've been both, and I realized that's what got me more women. That's what we do. Women knew that they were safe around me. But they also knew I knew how to deal with them. I wasn't just a brute, violent man and shit. Like it's like, yo, did some shit pop off? I know he got my back. He ain't gonna let. He ain't gonna run. He ain't gonna do no crazy shit and leave me hanging. I know that shit. But it's like, what comes with that? Because I was also the ladies' man and shit, still trying to define my masculinity, but not being in a relationship. It was about having hoes. I want shit. I was a dog. I cheated. I did stupid shit because that's what you know. I felt was masculine, you know? And those are the things that niggas now are trying to do. That's why they're starting podcasts because they're mad they couldn't do when they was 15, 16 years old. I ran laps around these niggas that have already done this shit. Niggas used to get bullied and put in trash cans in high school. Shit would never happen to me. <laughs> niggas used to have their girlfriends taken and shit. And shit would... Nah, I ain't gonna say that. Because nigga did take my girl. Yeah, nigga did take my girl. <laughs> but it was the only time when I really wasn't like doing... Like I was actually trying to be in a relationship when I got my girl too, but... It still happened, but like motherfuckers now, they're starting a podcast and now everybody, they're mad at women because they want to be violent. It can't be. They want to be the, this is, they want to be defined as the powerful man, not realizing that they have to be defined as the violent man, whatever. And the women don't respect that. The women don't respect that. The women respects that man who can protect them. Unfortunately, it's the man who's violent, but it's the man who's violent, but still has discipline. And don't forget to check out Cafe Clothing, formerly Just Scenes merch. Get all of your intricate designs crafted specifically for the melanated being to develop a positive imagery within self. And to have a little bit of fun in the process. From the peace, love, knowledge, and freedom to the dead horses and water designs. All the styles are crafted for the imagery to make you feel as you're supposed to feel. Because as I always say, the best way to fit in is to stand out. And what better way to stand out than with your exclusive styles for Cafe Clothing. All right, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. Yeah, this episode was necessary, I feel, because 
I'm watching how this shit's playing out, especially the social media shit, because you niggas is even tougher on social media. Y'all some bitches in real life, and I know y'all some bitches in real life, because I'll bitch you in real life, little bitch. Yeah, that was a personal thing, because I was triggered for that, because don't talk shit over... Don't talk shit over social media when you know me. Right. Don't talk shit over social media when I had you looking like a little bitch in your face. Like, you feel me? You all timid and shit. Now you can talk about how, like, don't do that shit, bro. But this social media shit is letting niggas be violent online. I'm a protecting the provider. That's why the real violent motherfuckers don't care. We let, they, as they say, let sleeping dogs lie. You feel me? Let sleeping dogs lie. They won't let us be. But you feel what I'm saying? Don't, don't talk stupid shit like that because niggas can really touch you. All right? I don't know if you're on a podcast or not, but I'm just saying in general, that was a real situation because like real situations can become real situations. Don't put that shit on social media like that. Like, you feel me? Talk that tough shit like, oh, nigga, I can talk like you can talk like that online. But if you see me in person, I put money on it. You wouldn't say that shit. You call the police on me. I know. Niggas. A lot of motherfuckers think I'm like happy-go-lucky type motherfucker because I'm at peace with myself. I'm at peace with my life. But if you follow me long enough, if you heard the episodes, you understand peace is the control of chaos. When I tell motherfuckers I'm peaceful, I am in control of all the chaos around me. I, I, I'm a very violent motherfucker, but I'm disciplined. I'm not violent for nothing. Because that's all a warrior is. A warrior is a violent motherfucker with discipline. Barbarians are the motherfuckers that have no discipline. And that's what you're seeing out here. You feel me? The warrior is the violent motherfucker with discipline. Women don't understand that they want a warrior. I ain't gonna say they don't understand. They know that they want a warrior, but they're not. See, they they want a warrior, but in their perspective, they want a tamed warrior rather than a disciplined warrior. Right? So you get the motherfucker who's like, I gotta tame him. You can't. Or you get the motherfucker who's not violent that you want to unleash into violence. Some women can put motherfuckers in harmful situations simply because he ain't supposed to be there. My man, I'll fuck you up. Oh, don't you say that. Because now your, your man got to put that shit to the test. And then if your man get beat up, how you going to feel? Oh, you should have. No, no. Because now it goes back to the main thing. Y'all got to understand. Every nigga ain't a warrior. Every man ain't a warrior. Every motherfucker ain't a warrior. Whatever it is, king, god, whatever. Every king ain't a warrior. Every god ain't a warrior. Every titan ain't a warrior. They are what they are. If you want to be protected, we live in a world right now. Black people have to be protected on a regular basis. So from me as a black man, you, I can honestly tell you, I'm going to keep it a hundo with you. I get where they're coming from. You as a black man have no luxury not to be violent. Or to even understand the capacity of violence. You, and When I say religion emasculates men, ain't not a single violent bone in a religious man's body. And they brag about it. I'm a prayer warrior. Ha, nigga, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You a bitch. And that's okay if you're going to be a bitch, but stay there. You feel me? Stay over there and don't come over here where we at. 
You feel me? Women be wanting religious men, devout religious men to be violent. They can't. They gave that up when they gave into the religion. They're going to pray about the situation. You don't have a masculine man. They be thinking I'm bullshit when I'm trying to be like, I'm saying this shit. It's like, nah, he ain't going to do it. They'll beat their kids, though. They'll beat their children, though. But they'll turn the chick to their very enemy. Now y'all see why I be getting tight with the shit. You feel me? How the fuck can you be violent with the very thing that looks like you, but you not violent with your enemy who met you with violence? How in the fuck can your enemy get a pass for not knowing and your ignorant child who is oblivious to the world that you're supposed to be guiding really doesn't know what they're doing to you and you beat the fuck out of them? That bothers me. That bothers me. People think I'm against religion. There's a plethora of reasons why, but that's one of the biggest reasons that I'm against religion because it condones for men to be bitches. It condones for men to be bitches outside of their home, but tyrants inside their home because they can't fuck shit up outside. Because they don't have the discipline to be violent and they don't have the capacity to be violent. Be violent. So they're going to be, oh, I'm the bigger man. That is such a bullshit ass cliche. Be the bigger man. No, fuck that. Y'all see why I talk shit. You got to show niggas why you bigger. Don't fuck with me. I'm not a nigga that's going to show you, oh, I'm the bigger person. Mm -mm, I'm not the bigger person. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I am the bigger person. I have to remind you why. You feel me? Sometimes you got to show them that you're the bigger. No, I have to show them why they're the smaller person. How about that? You feel me? When they go low, we go high. When they go low, you kick them in the fucking mouth. The fuck? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? But that's the difference in how we express our realities. I cannot be a protector. Me, me saying I cannot be a protector and provider and belong to a religion. It don't work. Because I've tried it. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've watched how you can beat and desecrate a child. But then, like, you know what I'm saying? And say you love them. But then turn your cheek to an enemy who's sworn to kill you. That makes no sense. This is what I don't get. Like when they say, okay, turn a cheek to your enemy and your enemy is going to be your footstool. How your enemy going to be your footstool if you turn the cheek to him? You're going to be their footstool, you dipshit. <laughs> the fuck? Nobody pays attention to the context of the reality. Nobody pays attention to that. So when it's all said and done, as men, where do we go? My sisters, I know y'all want to be protected and provided, but I'm going to let you know right now, unless that man got a little bit of violence in him, violence in him you suck. You're not, you're not going to get it. You're going to be depressed. Now, I'm, if you my religious brother and shit, you, you feel me? Oh, nigga, I, I can do it. I go to church every Sunday and I protect and provide. I bet you you won't. I bet you you won't. I bet you if a motherfucker kicked your door in right now, you're going to pray. You ain't going to lay him flat because you ain't. your conscience is already tied to the fact that you got to turn your cheek to your enemy. I don't think y'all understand how unconscious programming really works. You don't think about unconscious programming. It stops you in your tracks in the heat of the moment when you can't think consciously. So if in my mind I got to turn my cheek to an enemy, when a threat comes in, the threat is already an enemy. I shut down because I'm turning my cheek. I freeze. I fucking freeze. You know why motherfuckers don't know that shit? Because they've never been in the trenches to experience what it is to freeze on a motherfucker. But to know why you froze. But also to be in the trenches and know why you don't freeze. When your mind is programmed to turn your cheek to your enemy, you'll freeze. But this is why you also don't hesitate with your babies. Your baby fly off the mouth. You smart, bow, quick, pop them in the mouth. 
but you think about an enemy. How does your, like, you feel what I'm saying? Quick reflex, boom, I pop my baby in the mouth and it says something crazy to me. This very enemy says something crazy to me and I just let him talk. <laughs> my nigga. Really? Your violence is, is undisciplined and it's misguided. How the fuck can you be violent with a baby, a child who can't defend themselves? You ain't tough. You ain't no protector. You a bitch. You a bitch. That's why. That's why when a son gets 15, 16 years old, he wants to try his father. Because the whole time he experienced the violence that I want to exert back to you. I didn't experience a warrior raising me. I experienced a barbarian raising me. You weren't violent with me when it was necessary. You were violent with me for nothing. When I had kids, they had, everybody keeps saying, yo, you too, you had kids. I'm not going to have to beat my kids. I know I ain't. I know. I know. I know I'm not going to have to beat my kids. My violence is so disciplined. I can say certain words and they get the fuck across. As a grown ass man, if my words can shape the reality of a motherfucker on social media that I never met before, what the fuck you think my words would do to my baby? If I really got power of life and death in the tongue, there's no reason why I should have to lay hands on my child. If I got to lay hands on my child because I don't, I can't say that I'm really about all of the sound about. You feel me? As a man, this definitely should have been a soul for our conversations, but as a man, right? How disciplined are you with violence? So now imagine growing up, you're, you've never been violent. Now you got to be tasked with the role of protector and provider. You don't know how to do that. Your mother, your mother and your father, your parents didn't let you be violent. They took all violent shit away from you. When I grew up, because I understand how the culture works now and I understand what my mom was trying to protect me from, she didn't let me do violent shit. I didn't play football. I played flag football. But once it was time for the pass, oh, he's going to be hurt. You feel me? I get it. She didn't want me to be violent. I know why my mama didn't want me to be violent. Be violent. She knew me. She seen my violent side before I even seen it. I know she did. I'm mean, saying, like, when I was a kid, like four or five years old, she had to already see my violent side and the depths that it can go. Scary out here. Scary. I told the story. Like, I was five years old. I shouldn't have been fighting like this at five years old, but I didn't want to fight. This is when I knew how deep the violence was within me, but I was afraid of it because again, I didn't know my father. Therefore, I didn't know my bloodline. Therefore, this is a side of me that my mama doesn't exhibit, so I think something is wrong with me. It's a side that my brother exhibits that my mama doesn't like. Something is wrong with me if I exhibit this side because I don't know how to discipline what I do not reveal to myself to learn how to play with. You feel what I'm saying? I'm five years old. I didn't want to fight this boy. He bullied me every day. I never got bullied again after that. It was in kindergarten. I never got bullied again after that. I beat the shadow. I beat him so bad, his head was bouncing between the brick wall and my fist. And I never stopped. Only thing that stopped me was that I seen his daddy. His daddy was a big motherfucker. Like, I mean, big motherfucker. He looked like Bam Bam Bigelow, but he was Mexican. So he looked like Bam Bam Bigelow. It's like, they're like, what you, like, I don't know if I knocked him out. I can't tell you. I just know his arm stopped punching me and he was crying and his head was bouncing between the brick wall and my fist. It was a syncopation. Boom, 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 boom. It's like, wow, how, like, Concussion? Probably. I don't know. But then I ran after that. But from that moment, I knew my violence. I knew my violence, but I only unleashed it in moments when I needed to. When I was in like the second or third grade, this dude pulled some scissors on me. I beat the shit out of him. 
It was no question about it, nigga. It's like, and I don't know where it came from. That's what scared me. Because when he pulled the scissors out, I think, or like I pushed him and the scissors fell out his pocket or something. But he pulled the scissors out. It wasn't a, <gasps> I didn't freeze. It was like, as soon as I seen him reach him, <clears throat> I hit him harder. I hit that motherfucker so hard, he stumbled back and dropped the scissors, but I kept hitting him. But he didn't have the, he did have them. He pulled them on me. And then when the teachers broke it up or whatever, they was like, what happened? Again, this, I wasn't a kid talking. I couldn't have been. I said, yo, he pulled some scissors on me. I had to defend myself. He said, I just pulled, I wasn't going to use them. It was just to scare him. I said, I ain't know it. So because of that, I didn't get suspended. You feel what I'm saying? But I seen it. I got a very violent nature about myself. And if I don't discipline this motherfucker, I'm going to hurt somebody. There's men that don't have that. And that's who you want to protect you? They're afraid to. Because when I tell these stories about the fights that I've been in sometimes, like, think about the nigga on the receiving end of that shit. Those are the motherfuckers who are saying, sometimes we can't protect these. and We, we, we can't protect y'all because of motherfuckers like him. I'm not the type of motherfucker who's going to, you know, approach a woman on no shit like that. However, I get why they're anticipating, yo, nigga, that nigga crazy. I seen how violent I can be and I know how violent men can be with me. So when I seen a motherfucker who's like, the nigga that had the scissors, he won't violent. That's why his first reaction was to grab the scissors and not hit me. He grabbed the scissors because he already knew what it was. My first instinct, it wasn't even a thought to get scared or nothing. When you'd have a fight or flight response, but you do not, you're not able to flee. You fight. You fight for your life. I beat the shit out of that boy. I beat the shit out of that boy. I fucked him up so bad that when the teachers came, it was, and it was so bad because I'm black. He was a little Hispanic kid. And at first it was just like everybody looking at me like I initiated and everything. And I'm calm. He never landed a single punch. That's how bad I beat him. That's how fast I beat him, too. It was like as soon as he reached to grab him, bing, 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 drop him. Bing, 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 break it up. Wait, what's going on? Hey, there was no talk, none of that shit. But like I said, when they, I said, yo, he pulled scissors on me. You pulled, I don't know if he got suspended or expelled or whatever, but it was like, so when I'm going to the office, the, the cop, the resource cop and everything, they're looking like they're going to do I said, he pulled scissors on me. Everybody was like, Cause they hearing the story, he beat him. They said he beat him. They, they told as they wrote it, I beat him viciously. So when they're telling me why'd you beat him viciously, he pulled scissors on me. He was like, I wasn't gonna use them. I just, I just wanted to scare him. <laughs> you attempted to scare the wrong motherfucker, bro. <laughs> Don't pull scissors on niggas if you ain't gonna use them, homie. You should have cut me. You should have cut me. But this is what I'm saying, my sisters. You looking at men that you want to protect you? And everybody ain't cut like that. I ain't gonna hold you. Sometimes I wish I wasn't cut like this. I don't like this. I do not like violence. I don't. I don't. Because there's no reason why as humans we should treat each other like that. No, no, nothing sentient should be desecrated like that and damaged. But because I understand the climate and the culture that I'm in, I'm violent. I'm sorry. My kids will be violent, but disciplined. There will be warriors and gardens, but there will be a garden everywhere they go. <laughs> I be telling motherfuckers that shit. Like, yo, it's, you know, it's better to be a warrior, a garden in the war than a warrior in the garden. No, a warrior in the garden than a garden in the war. I say, yeah, it's true. But a warrior that can make a garden everywhere he goes, ain't nobody going to play with him.
I've learned to be in a garden wherever I'm at. I don't give a fuck. And that's what scares me because a lot of motherfuckers think because I made it a garden that the warrior will not come out. But when a warrior comes out, it's scary. And I'm not saying that because it's me. I'm saying that because I understand. I understand the reality of violence. Y'all want men who don't understand violence. It's just not going to work for you. It's not going to work for you. So you have to get at that mindset of men got to, all men can't protect and provide. All men cannot protect and provide. America, patriarchy, whatever it is you want to succumb to. In our our ancestral cultures, we respected the fact that people had hierarchies. We respected, you ain't no warrior, so we're not going to go send you to war. We're not going to recruit you for war, knowing that you just want to charge you. You're not built for war. You're not a tactician. You can't survey the land. You don't, there's certain shit you don't know how to do. And that's okay, because you may be a messenger or a thinker. We live in a world right now where so much, a lot of my brothers, and this is, I know it's going to be contradictory that everybody ain't a warrior, but a lot of my brothers, you have to understand that you have to simultaneously play all three. Some of us, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are, you understand that dynamic and you are playing R3 and you have been playing all three and you can't figure out why people listen to you. People listen to every word that you say. You feel what I'm saying? People low key don't step to you on some physical type shit. And your, your mind is very, very valuable because you're all three. You're a warrior thinker and a messenger. It sucks, but the mantle is passed. If you listen to this, I know because, huh, huh, nigga, mm, it's what it is. But unfortunately, some of us have to be that because some of us are none of that. We don't have messengers. We don't, and we have lines being blurred. Our messengers, our messengers are playing as warriors. Our warriors are playing as thinkers. No, our warriors are acting for entertainment. And our thinkers aren't thinking for us. You feel me? Think about how many niggas is rappers. It's talking about I done shot pill pack niggas that feel me. I know I used to rap and I used, that's the shit I used to rap about. Our messengers are acting like warriors just some warrior shit pop off. And that's why you get pressed when they like, yo, you got to call in and you got to, you know, get the pass and shit. Niggas ain't calling in. I got to tap in. Like, you feel me? It's out of respect that you tap in when you understand. But that's the war shit. But it's like, it pisses me off because it's like, why the fuck do your people got to tap in and motherfucking get a pass to come into the city? But you let motherfuckers just come in willy nilly and it's, oh, this ain't really your city. That's why. But it's all good, though. This is long. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up, bro. Go kiss your babies. Make sure they eat their vegetables. And our sons, there's nothing. My sisters, I need y'all to hear this especially. My brothers, too, because this is going to work together. Like, our boys are allowed to be violent. For my sisters, right? Do not take away the violent streak out of your brother, out of your sons. Do not, do not try to say I don't want him to be like this. Because then he's gonna be a bitch, and then when you start getting beat the fuck up, then you are gonna be like, why you ain't fighting back? You cannot say you want to be protected and provided for by a man, and then create a son who is incapable of protecting. Do you hear me? You cannot want, this is how the universe is going to work. You cannot simultaneously simultaneously want a man who's going to be protecting while wanting to make sure your son doesn't do protective shit. I get it. 
You don't want them to get into the streets. I get it. You a single mother. You don't want them to buck on you. I get it. You can read so frail one, two, and three, but I get it just so you can get some tips on how to do this shit. But I get it. But at the same time, you can't want a man and not raise your son to be the man that you want. I'm not saying you got to raise him to be that for you, but you have to raise him to be that for another woman. You can't say, I want my son. I want a man to protect me while telling a son, don't you be out here wilding out for these hoes. You feel me? You know how many of us are programmed right now to not fight over a bitch and we didn't learn it from men first? Don't be fighting over these little fast ass girls. You feel me? Now my brothers. Don't cripple your son's violence. His violence very well may exceed yours. But it's not your task to tyrannize him and suppress him. It is to discipline his violence. You feel me? It is to discipline his violence. Perfect example of that is if you ever get a chance, y'all may not be in the anime shit, but watch the Cell Saga. Specifically, the moment, yeah, the Cell Saga, the Android Saga's first. Watch the Cell Saga specifically when they go into the hyperbolic time chamber and come out. Come out. Goku understood Gohan's violence. And he said, you don't know how to control it yet. Your violence supersedes mine. It was even listed there. It was like, yo, Gohan is stronger than Goku. He just has to learn how to use it. Goku didn't suppress it. Goku didn't try to emasculate him as Vegeta does with his kids. Vegeta won't allow Trunks to surpass him. Goku wanted Gohan to surpass him. So what did he do? He disciplined his violence. He disciplined his violence. You feel what I'm saying? My brothers, this is what we're tasked to do. We're not, our sons, we're not supposed to make them not be as strong as no. Like, I will hope my son is a better warrior than me. The fuck? I'm 50, 60 years old and shit, and I'm the better warrior than him? And we got to go to war right now? Nigga, nah, you got to be able to step in for pop-pop, homie. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? But that's only going to come if I teach him how to discipline his violence. My brothers, this is what you have to do with your sons. Now, this is also not to say off-rip, go fight, fight. That's no, because that's too young to start teaching it because they're going to internalize fight, fight with playtime. So when they're playing and they're hurting people, they don't know they're hurting people. I put this in so far three, but they don't know that they're hurting people simply because it's fight, fight. That's playtime. Because we know our child's punches can't hurt us, but that doesn't mean our child, children aren't punching us for real. First time I experienced it was with my older nephew. Used to always try to make him tough. Boom, boom, boom. That little motherfucker punched me in my nose. It took me everything not to throw his little ass. He was like two. I'm like holding him up and shit. He laughing. He just reached down. Mm, hit me right in my nose. My shit didn't bleed or nothing, but I was like, you little. Mm. I shook him. I put him down. I said, yo, go get your son, bro. He said, what did he do? I said, he punched me in the fucking nose. You feel me? They laughed at it. His violence wasn't being disciplined at that point. You feel me? I learned my lesson with that though. You feel me? Cause when my youngest niece, we were, you know, I told her, yo, you want the smoke? But I said, look, she was like, yeah, I want the smoke. So we wrestling and we playing and shit, but it's like, I'm teaching her how to discipline. I said, now you can only do it at these particular points. And then on top of that, she's in karate too. So it's like, but watching that, I'm not putting my child in karate. I will, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying, I'm not putting them in karate to learn violence, to learn how to discipline. I gotta be the one to teach them that. Because your violence is my violence. You inherited that shit from me. The fuck? You're going to see, you're going to be around me all the time. So how you respond to violence is dependent upon me. 
No other, no person who doesn't experience it is not from the environment that created your violence is going to understand your violence. My brothers, as fathers, you have to be in that space to discipline your child's violence, especially your sons. You feel me? Daughters too. You feel me? Because daughters are warriors. You feel me? Like I said, I come from the warrior bloodline. My father's side of the family, my father's lineage is a warrior driven. I can't explain it. But me, my brother, my, my sister, she that's it's on like when we say on site shit, like like we that type, we where we're in old age now. We don't do the shit we used to do. We don't wild out no more. Like motherfuckers hit people with bottles, shoot. We don't do that shit anymore because we're older. But at the same time, it's in there. And it ain't going nowhere. Like it won't go nowhere. Because it's a part of our essence. But we've learned to be disciplined with our violence. And now it's on us to teach our kids the same thing. Me. So my brothers, I need y'all to do the same thing. But this is long as shit. It was impromptu. But y'all go kiss your babies. Make sure they eat their vegetables. And I'll see y'all all on the next one. Peace, love, knowledge, and freedom. I'm out.